Welcome back to another episode of Just Browsing, ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations to the UConn Huskies on an incredible tournament run to uh, their fifth national championship. So congratulations, UConn. Woo! Um, so if you can't understand what that reference is, we are going to just wrap up March Madness and the NCAA uh, men's basketball uh, season. So, I mean, I kind of said who won, and if you're listening to this, you probably also know <laughs> that UConn won. So, Yeah, um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of, you know, so welcome back, everybody. We just kind of wanted to do a March Madness recap because we, we basically did our March Madness preview episode, and then I think we did Last of Us, and now here we are back again. We were going to do another episode last week, but we decided to just give it another week, wait for March Madness to wrap up. The national championship game was on Monday night. We're recording this, what is it, Wednesday night? The, yep. The 4th or the 5th of April. Um, yeah, so just to kind of recap what happened um, now that the tournament's over, it always seems like it flies by super fast, which is the same thing that happens with like the NFL season. You're like, oh, the NFL season kicks off. You're like, we got weeks and weeks and weeks of football. This is going to be great. And then you're like, next thing you know, you blink and it's the Super Bowl. And you're like, fuck, man, it's already over. Dude, the, well, so the way March Madness works, right, the first like four days, because they have four, four days straight where it's games, you go yeah, through – Yeah. Right, technically, I guess they have – well, no, because the teams that play get a one-day break, I think, for the play-in games. Um, but, yeah, the first day you get 16 games. Second day you get 16 games. Third day you get eight games. Fourth day you get eight games. And you're just like, there's so much basketball. It's, it's so, so much. much fun. And then they're all of a sudden like, we'll be back in three weeks with the Final Four. And you're like, <laughs> wait, what? We're taking three weeks? And they're like, and tomorrow's the National Championship game. And you're like, when did the Final <laughs> Four happen? Like, When did they play? Well, like, well they played you, on Saturday. You, you bring up that? a good point with the play-in games. They actually – like. It was literally like Tuesday and Wednesday were the play-in games. And then Thursday, Friday. Thursday and days. Friday were round one, and Saturday and Sunday was round two or round of 32. So it's literally Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday straight of basketball games if you want to watch right. And all, then I think they those. took a break till Thursday. Yeah. Because I think it was Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Then like Sunday. No. It might have been Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then they take a break till the next weekend. And yeah, but it's just it's amazing the speed which with with which you go from 68 technically teams. sixty eight teams down to one. Now we already have our champion. It's it's just like so it it really is less than so. Let's see the the tournament kicked off or tipped off March sixteenth and seventeenth, and it was done by the third of April. Uh, is that right? Yes, I believe. So it's that literally like final three weeks, basically, and it's all done. Yeah, April third, and that's because they take like a there's there's like kind of a big gap in between. Obviously, like first and second round, then you're into Sweet Sixteen. There's a break, and then it's like so Sweet it's Sixteen, day, Elite Eight happens, and there's four a little day break. break, and then it's yeah. an um, then Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight happen back to back, and then they take. Like another four day break, and then it's um, a one day break between Final Four championship game. Right, right. So it's a lot of basketball to play yeah, to, to win a championship. A lot of basketball. Well, and, and you, I was actually kind of looking at it the other day too, and I'm like, okay, so if you're UConn who won, you have to win one, two, three, four, five, six games. And if you're a playing team, I don't know if a playing team's ever won the whole thing. I doubt it. No, because I think it's only eleven or ten, eleven and sixteen seeds are the only seeds I believe that yeah. are playing. So I don't think that's ever happened. But if that were to happen, they have to win seven games in a row 
to win the whole thing. And then you got to think too, like imagine if uh, UConn didn't have a good, I think I might butcher this, but if they didn't have a good regular season, but then they went on to win the big East, I think they're still a big East, but I could be wrong. I think, I think you're right. Um, They'd have to win their entire tournament to then get the at-large bid. Oh, right, yeah. To get into the tournament. So you got to see what kind of run they went on, which they went on a huge run Yeah, to win this. Well, and, and that's a good point because those conference championship tournaments happen right before the big they tournament. They happen. Like right before March Madness. So Four days before. Or yeah. I guess technically before the playing games, three days or whatever. Right. So if you – yeah, that makes sense because I was literally watching when – we, when we recorded our podcast when the bracket was announced – that we were doing that on like a Monday or Tuesday night. That prior weekend on like Sunday, I was watching Texas win their right. conference championship game. We we did our bracket on Monday, and yeah. conference championships ended on Sunday. Yeah, and then those most of them did. those teams turn around, and then Thursday they're playing their first game in the tournament. So it's yep. like, yeah, if you go on a run, win your conference tournament to get an at large bid, and then go on to win the whole thing. I mean, you're just you're having to string together a lot of wins against really good teams right in a row, which is really hard to do. In the sport, so we all know I'm a huge sports guy. The Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win in all of sports, right? Well, I don't know if I would agree with that, but sure. I mean, it's it's facts. It's truly facts. <laughs> According but to me, yeah, sure. The March Madness tournament is probably some of the most exciting three weeks in all of sports. It's got the best playoff system. I think I said this in our last podcast. It's the best system by which to determine your champion for your sport. It's right. so fucking fun. It's, it's literally trial by fire. Let's, yeah. I'm going to jump right into a game. Um, we're not going to go through the whole bracket. We're just going to kind of go through big upsets. But speaking, second time in history, a 16 seed beats a one seed. Me yep. and you talked about Purdue not having it mm-hmm. on uh, when we built our bracket. We still took them over the 16 seed because we're not crazy. Right. But Farley Dickinson, <laughs> a school I've never heard of, comes in and, and, and beats Purdue. On, yeah. I think that was day one of the tournament. No. I think it was day two. I think it was Friday. Because I remember being off work. We went to Sportsbook, uh, one of our favorite sports bars, to go grab some food and watch the games. And as we walked in, that game was in like the final minute. But And the whole bar was losing their shit yeah. when Purdue lost. Because like, you go in every year, and right here I have all eight of my brackets. I print out, right? I highlight the teams, follow, cross out, you know. I have to do it because it's fun to just see a shitload of yellow. And you watch one game and you're like, well, there goes my perfect bracket. Yeah. And it was kind of <laughs> yeah. cool this year to see ESPN did a thing um, for the bracket challenge where they had a perfect bracket tracker. Mm-hmm. So I was following that after every game ended. Yeah. Trying to see so what fun. the number was. And I think it went from like 122,000 or something. And then all of a sudden it dropped down to like 637. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Purdue game hit, and it dropped down to 22. And then I think it was like Kentucky after that or something, or one of the later games hit, and it went to zero. Yeah. The first round, there were zero perfect brackets left in the men's tournament. And to put that into perspective, too, for anyone who submitted brackets, either into our – and we'll get to this here in a couple minutes – either into our Just Browsing group on the ESPN Tournament Challenge or just submitted one randomly – there was like over 20 million brackets just submitted, on ESPN. I think. Just on ESPN. Right. There's a whole bunch of other systems you can do it on. But like, and like you said, at the end of the first round, we're down to zero. Right. Immediately. Out of 20 million submissions, you know, <laughs> not a single person had a perfect bracket. Food for thought. We can totally take that into a different episode. But uh, everyone says, you know, like all this AI stuff, 
that's coming out can like pass the bar and all this shit. And I'm like, well, no shit. It has un- like limitless resources to find what it needs to pass the test. Could an AI predict a perfect bracket? No, because there's there's no human. That's a task I want to see AI put to though. I want to see them try and like next year. Because the AI is doing fucking everything now, right? Like every every day you wake up, there's another headline of like AI is doing something else. But it's something that I'm like, okay, that's not really like spectacular, right? It's just it's but, able to mine the data to formulate. Right. Like, but like that's an experiment I want to see next year. Feed it all of the data of all of the March Madness tournaments going back for however many years we've been doing it. I don't know how long the actual March Madness tournament itself has been happening in the current format that it's in. I don't in. know. Because college basketball teams, is like, but you know, over 100 years old, I'm sure. But I, like, I don't know about the 64 team yeah. layout, but I think there's probably at least Same been sort like of an team type layout yeah. for But a you while. could like feed it all of this historical data of like going back X amount of years, here's all of the teams that made the bracket each year, you have this many teams, here's who won, here's the probability of all of these seeds beating these seeds, et cetera, et cetera. Feed it all this data you got to run the numbers of like everything to what, one in like 42 quintillion? Like it's going to have to run through each and every possibility of that to then populate the best bracket. Because you can't be like, give us a bracket. It's like, well, I have all 83 quadrillion brackets. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 that's cheating. Well, and I think we said too – I forget what the number was because I read it off in our prior episode, but it's like literally one in something quintillion shot of filling out a perfect bracket. So like I want to see an AI try and do it each year. That should be like a big experiment each year of like can the AI predict the perfect bracket because technically it is possible. We talked about that in the last episode. There's always a chance. I mean the odds are ridiculously and preposterously small, but it's still possible. So it's like I guess – you know, given the right amount of data and information and data crunching and possible analysis and all that by something that has access to, like you said, basically limitless resources and mathematical computation, I wonder if it could ever get it. Or if it's just like, that's just, it. maybe it happens if we ran the simulation, you know, quintillions right. of times. It, it runs it and it's like, I have a bracket where for every single... Yeah, for every, literally every possible combination. And then I'll just spit yeah. that one out when it yeah. hits. And it's like, well, that's not how that works. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> That would be interesting though, because that's that's one of those fascinating things that like every year when March Madness rolls around, especially with the ESPN tournament challenge thing. Because I don't know how many years the ESPN tournament challenge thing's been going. It's definitely for a while. Probably I've, a while, I've been yeah. participating in it for a while. But uh, they do that thing where it's like if you follow ESPN on Instagram or CBS. even like get the the push alerts on your phone for ESPN tournament challenge. After every game, it's like, well, out of twenty million, we're down to like you know five hundred thousand. Right. It's like now we're down to sixty thousand. Now we're down to ten. You know, and you're like, and we're down to zero. And yeah. they're like, we're four games in. They're like, congratulations. Right. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah. So this year, and I think we talked about this in the prior episode, and I had this feeling going in this year that you know normally March Madness is obviously highly unpredictable, but usually there's a few teams that you have a pretty good idea they're going to make a good deep run. Like Elite Eight, Final Four, and they're ranked highly, and they're ranked highly for a reason, and they're going to make a deep run. And then sure enough, they do. There's always a couple of those high seeds, usually, or at least one of them, that's like they're a number one overall seed. They make a run all the right. way to the They've championship They've been dominating game or everyone yeah. all year long. They have two losses and nail-biter right. games to top teams. Yeah, but that there was zero of those right. examples this year, and you and I went through it when we were filling out the bracket on the previous podcast, and it was like the thing that was so confusing to me is like, and I, I mentioned this, is like 
you look at a team like Alabama and you go, okay, if I'm trying to pick a matchup between Alabama and their, you know, Alabama and Maryland, if I think they're going to play Maryland in the second round, who who do I think is going to win this game? And you pull up like the info that ESPN has, and it's like, okay, Bama beat X, Y, and Z teams. They lost to X, Y, and Z teams. Maryland beat these teams, lost to these teams. And you're looking at it, and it's like all of these top teams beat each other and then lost to each other multiple right. times throughout the year. And so you're like, wait, I thought this team was trash, but then they beat this team that I thought was really great. You know, and you're just like, this is right. none of this makes any fucking sense. It's all over the map. So this year I was like, I knew this shit was going to be completely wide open. I had no idea how crazy it was going to be. Dude, it was First time in tournament history, not a single one seed made the Elite Eight. That's how crazy it was this year. Yeah, well, I mean, one, you had um – so, I mean, the first-round upsets that, like, hit us the most, and we both agreed at the start Purdue was not a, a, a one seed that we were going to take and trust to win it all. Yes. They just didn't have it. But still losing to a number 16 seed for the second time in the history yeah, of the no tournament one's, is, no one's is predicting ridiculous. That. Yeah. Um, another one was Arizona losing to Princeton. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Princeton had, like, a good team and everything, but, again, you got to think of the level of competition. They're playing Ivy League schools and probably smaller schools – in you know, Division One, and then you have Arizona, who's a Pac-12 powerhouse, and is really good supposed this year. to be a basketball powerhouse yeah. as a basketball school, and they lose in the first round to a 15 seed. Virginia lost Vir- to Furman. Virginia lost to over Furman. a four in the first round. You know what's funny though is me and you were talking about. There's always a 13 seed that beats uh-huh. a four seed, just like there's always a 12 that beats a five. Um, let's see what other ones. I mean Pittsburgh beating Iowa State. I didn't see Pittsburgh played a playing game. They were a playing team. That actually ended up being one of my dad's, me and my dad's teams, and one of our other. I'll, I'll get to that here in a minute, but but like that was an upset. Um, I think that's really it for big, big upsets in like the first in, round, in the first, especially, round. yeah. Um, but then you go to like second round games, and okay, we don't have massive matchups, right? Like a seven over a two is not really a huge upset, right? But then you have like FAU making it to the final four, a nine seed, <laughs> a, a team that no one even thought should be in the tournament or not thought shouldn't be in the tournament, but just like you're like FAU never heard anything about them as far as basketball goes. Well, dude, Princeton not only beat Arizona, but then beat Missouri in the second round and made it to the Sweet 16 as a 15 seed. Right. <laughs> and then lost to Creighton. And you're like, what's going on? Like Miami, it's just. It Miami went on sense. a really nice run as a five seed. Arkansas upsetting Kansas by one and eight beating a number one seed. Yep. I will say Kansas had a little bit different of, uh, you know, without without Bill Self, it kind of. I was going to say, I feel different. like that had to affect them. So did he even end up coaching them at all in the tournament, no. or was he still dealing no. with health issues? He was still that, dealing with health issues. That had to have played a major factor in their their tournament run, oh, yeah. for sure, or their lack of a tournament run, I guess I should say. But then you got to think about this, right? This is your final four. You had San Diego State coming out. San Diego State beat 12 seed Charleston by six, game one. Then they smoked Furman by 23, beat Bama by seven, beat Creighton on a last second call, which, okay, that's probably was one of my favorite games to watch. San Diego I actually State, didn't Creighton. see that one. I didn't see that one. The refs bailed San Diego State out at the very end. of Like 1.6 seconds left, they call a foul. Guy goes to the line, makes both free throws. All right, they're clutch free throws. You can't take any away from him, right? I'm not taking anything away from San Diego State because they don't have the calls. Was it a foul? Eh. Again, basketball's too soft. If if I was ref and I would have been like, just let him play. There's 1.6 seconds left in the game. We're not going to take this 
in our hands. Yeah, you never want to put it to the stripe to decide a game. Because it was that's, tied. That's always a shame. It was 56-56. Yeah. He made one free throw. Unless it's obviously like a blatant foul, which I right, I don't I hadn't seen what you To me, I'm about, like, so. that's not a foul that I'm like like he didn't hit his shit. In that hand situation, or I'm like, yeah. swallow the whistle. Right. Go to overtime. Let it play out. Yeah. Next time you see it, if there's three minutes left in overtime, blow the whistle then. Right. But don't one point six again, refs ruining shit. Yeah. I'm going back to the fucking NFL here. That's well documented in shit. our Super Bowl episodes. But that was probably my most favorite game to watch was San Diego State Creighton because it was just such a fucking nail bite. Dude, what a win g- going back to San Diego State's prior game, though, beating Bama in the Sweet 16. Bama was a really strong team going into this tournament. Like, I was very high on Bama going in. And yeah. San Diego State took them out and then Creighton and then FAU, and then FAU. In a, on a buzzer beater. Yep, on like a true buzzer beater. Like, fucking if you miss finish. it, you're not – FAU would have been in the championship yeah. game and then yeah. we probably would have beat Brandon. Crazy craziness so who would have ever thought right that san diego state and fau would play each other for a spot in a national championship game and that miami and yukon would face off for a spot in the national championship game yeah so what the highest seed was a four seed in the final four right right so you had two five seeds a four seed and a nine seed right let's go uh, look at this real quick to win the national championship game UConn was picked in 2.4% of brackets. San Diego State was picked in 0.3% of brackets. Holy shit. <laughs> to win the nat- like these this is the ESPN numbers, right? Who picked whom? It was Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue, those three or four in a row, all number 1 seeds were picked the most as per usual. Followed by three number 2s and number 3 and number 2 and then, you know, you kind of mix in stuff from here on out. So you and I having UConn win the brackets that we submitted, we're in the top 2.4% of, t- of 20 million brackets. I don't know. We were in the top 1%. Because just because they uh. picked the winner doesn't mean they picked the other games right, right? So that gets me into a point where our buddy Brandon, who for some fucking reason will pick one bracket <laughs> that just, just goes on some random tangent and is hitting all – like the year that South Carolina made the run that they had, Brandon had them winning the tournament that year. Yeah, he usually does for some, pull one for some bracket. Fucking- so, and I guess that's the nature of the way you always set up the group too, is where there's like multiple submissions, which makes it more fun because you can mix it's and like, match. Just throw brackets out. Like, but you're not doing it for money. Chances are, one of those is going to be like one of the ones Brandon well, submitted, where he just like touches gold on one of so, those tries. <laughs> yeah. So UConn, I was going okay. UConn's kind of my not necessarily far out there bracket, but I was like UConn's going to be the one that no one else in our group is going to have. You put a UConn winner out there, and Brandon mm-hmm. did. And so I'm looking at all three of our brackets. Like, I had all three of them open. Not even kidding. I had one up top, one on this monitor, <laughs> one on this monitor. Because I'm, like, trying to study where I can beat you guys and pick up, you know, points and stuff. And I look at Brandon's, and I'm like, dude, has San Diego State, uh, Indiana, UConn, and Kentucky in his final four. That was his final four. And I'm like, I'm going to make up so many points when these teams lose. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be in such a good spot. And then, I, you know, I forget about it, and all of a sudden San Diego State beats Alabama, and I go, okay, let me go check Zach and Brandon's brackets, and me and you were kind of like, well, we're just riding UConn now. Yeah, yeah, just all my we're, fucking we're horses are on, all my chips are on UConn And now. I look at Brandon, and he has San Diego State versus UConn in the championship game. I'm like, what the I, fuck? I did not notice that until right before the national title game, and I, I was looking at it, and I was like, Brandon, I remember I sent the screenshot and sent it to you guys. I was like, you, you literally picked... The fucking championship yeah. game matchup. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that in our group. 
pick the actual both teams. I don't know if I've seen that. I think before. I've done That's it before, but those are like the only two teams that I did good. Like I'll have yeah, you know team A and wrong. team B yeah. meet in the championship game, and they do it. I'm like woo, and then I'm like, okay, well nothing happened here, nothing <laughs> happened here, and pretty much three quarters of this bracket sucked. Should we, for the listeners, go through the results of the Just Browsing yeah. podcast group on ESPN Tournament Challenge? Sure. How fitting is it that the two hosts of the Just Browsing podcast tied for first place in the Just Browsing podcast? But your most favorite is host, won by the tiebreaker, which I think was like three points. According Ooh. to you, on my app, it says we're tied for first. So you Well, it's going it. to say it was tied, but there's a reason I'm on top of the list. It's because I'm first. If it's, we were truly tied, we'd be it's next alpha, to It's each alphabetized. Other. M comes before Z. That's why you're on top. That's Let's the say. most ridiculous statement I've ever seen. <laughs> Anyway, read read them off. Read so, off the results. The results are as are as are as is here's in the just browsing episodes of podcasts. Uh, like Zach said, the two of us are the only two that picked UConn to win, and we both finished atop the list with yours truly winning again. Um, then I took third, fourth, and fifth. My you bro- submitted seven thousand brackets. <laughs> My brother took sixth. <laughs> the just browsing bracket that we filled out together took. Tied for seven or beat me for seventh on uh, one of my other brackets. Then my brother. It's not bad. My brother and I tied for ninth, but he beat me because of the tiebreaker. And then Caleb with two of his Houston brackets, my brother, myself. Uh, still hate California and UCLA had a rough go. No, <laughs> po- no points in the Elite Eight, Final Four, or championship game. My brother. And then. Uh, the Texas and Grand Canyon bracket kind of had a little fallout there. <laughs> the Grand Canyon bracket was literally just like I was like, "Fuck it, I'm picking some random ass team to go." You know all what's the way. funny about this? I though? picked like all upsets. I think you picked all like, upsets. You picked Furman to win, right? Yeah, and that was like the only upset, like true upset that you hit. Like other than that, your bracket just fell apart. Well, I wasn't even trying. I was literally like, "What's going to happen if I submit a bracket that has literally every upset on the way? Surely I'll get some of them right." But the Texas one that I was actually trying on only finished with 380 points, and that was that was rough. But the one that you and I submitted as just browsing with Bama winning actually did pretty solid. It didn't do too bad, but as soon as you lose points. your championship team, your brag kind of just goes to shit. Yep, yep. Well, the way it's structured, too, is like the more correct guesses you get later in the tournament, the higher amount of points you get. Like you right. get rewarded for – obviously, you know, you get like 10 points if you pick Purdue beating the 16th seed, right, in the first round because it's like, well, that's expected. But like if you if you pick the correct Elite Eight team or the correct Final Four team, you get more points as the bracket kind of goes on. So that's kind of how like a lot of times people will be like way behind in a group challenge but like let's say they have two of the final four teams still in it by the time we get around to the final four well they have like lots more potential points than someone who's like made a bunch of correct picks early but all their final four picks have already been bounced that's just the way the tournament challenge is so you get 300 so you get 10 points per win in round of 64 then you get 20 points per win in round of 32 wait am i doing that math right yeah, no, wait. <laughs> yeah. Say it there, or are you just trying to Well, no, because it's it's out of 320. So round wow. of 64, yes, you would get 10 points per win because 32 teams move on. Round of 32, then you get 20 points because 16 move on. Sweet 16, you would then get – well, you know, you get the gist of things. 
<laughs> I looked up at the screen for hockey in my fucking brain. You, do, you don't want to keep doing mental math out loud yeah. for the podcast? But so the winner of the March Madness um, thing on ESPN had San Diego State, FAU, Miami, and UConn in the fi- – or Texas in the U- – in, in the cheese, bro. Take a breath. This episode's over. We'll breath. be back next week with another episode. Have a good Take a weekend. breath. Try again. Texas and UConn in the final four. So they, so had, they had three, three of, out the of the four, four. and they they were the first place team. And they had both they had UConn beating San Diego State in the championship game. I hope that guy wins some money or a fucking car or something. If you get if you have the best bracket out of twenty million. If if he picked like if he did the, all the Acura or whatever yeah. on here, he probably wins. And then he's they're probably like, You gotta pay like forty eight thousand dollars in taxes on this. He's like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, about that. Oh man! But this guy, I mean, he lost. Illinois, he had Illinois going to the Elite Eight. He had Duke in the Elite Eight. I don't know. These are Sweet Sixteen. Sweet Sixteen. Excuse me. He had Marquette in the Sweet Sixteen. He had Arizona in the Sweet. He had Arizona in the Elite Eight. So he lost to like a lot. He had Indiana and, and Houston. Like he lost a good chunk of teams but, but still, still having having three quarters of the final four correct yeah, that is FAU really is what remarkable did that fau yeah. is what did it but that's crazy so you want to know um I, you know you pull out your brackets you printed off all the ones you submitted and you were like highlighting and filling it out as it goes along i, I you can see no one no one at home listening can see my bracket but, but this thing's all mangled and warped and shit from all the times it's been folded and stuffed in my pocket but basically so and I've, I've told you about this before, but for the listeners, uh, my brother's father-in-law for the last like two decades has run this really cool March Madness challenge thing that I really like the way it's set up. So basically, there's like eight people or eight teams that, that uh, compete in this March Madness challenge. So like you and I could be one team. So there's us plus <laughs> no seven other teams. So... Basically, how it works is you do a snake draft. So you like draw for your order, figure out what order everyone's drafting in, one through eight. You do a snake draft, and you go basically just go through and you draft teams. So um, we ended up drafting our draft order this year. We ended up in the fourth spot. So we're like right in the middle, which is actually like a really nice spot to be. So you got to think like, okay, there's three picks that happen before we get up. So. When we get up, we have our choice. You're guaranteed to have at least one of uh, number the one top overall seed number one seeds, or if you want to dip down and grab one of the best two seeds, if you want. Like those are you know traditionally right. the the best teams available. I have there have been years where people didn't like any of the number ones or twos available and went down to a three or a four. Dude, to see fours if they and fives, grab. I think, are your best value yeah. picks. So it's like. Anyway, that's kind of how it's structured. So by the end of it, you end up with eight teams. And basically how it works is throughout the tournament, for every team that you have that wins, you score points. Now, if you have a higher seed, if your team is a higher seed playing a lower seed in that matchup and they win, it's one point. If they're a lower seed and they beat a higher seed, it's two points. And basically whoever – So if you have FAU, you are – Set. Yeah, if you have FAU and they go on a run, you're doing really good because you're getting two points every single time. So basically by the end of the tournament, it's whoever has the most combined points wins the whole thing. And then this year, so Sam teamed up with Jeff, who's his father-in-law. Um, they actually won it again this year. They won last year, so they've gone back-to-back. Not because of Sam at all, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It's Sam's like, Jeff. I would go with Oral Roberts and just like, yeah. Just like, we're not going to do that. that. 
So uh, they actually, Jeff said, for the first time he's ever run it, they had to go to a tiebreaker where both teams, so me and my dad finished third. We were in the money. So the top three finish in the money. There's a buy-in and everything. Um, the top two teams both finished with 19 overall points, and they had to go to the tiebreaker, which is basically the combined score or the combined amount of points that all of your teams have scored throughout the tournament, and that's how Sam and Jeff won because their teams had scored more combined points than the other group's teams had. Like in games? So like like if, in games, out, yeah. If you had so it's Alabama like, and they scored 71, you're like, okay, they scored 71. Yeah, and you added add add up what they scored in the second game, okay. third game, so on and so forth. So it's a really fun way – to devise it. So I, I, the bracket I have here is what I took with me to the draft. And you can see on the back, I literally just have a like and a don't like column. <laughs> and so what I did is I was like, I have to have some sort of research with me when I go over there. So I, I print off a bracket, just a blank bracket, write my notes on the back. And I had gone through, I was talking about this on the last episode where we were doing the March Madness preview. I was like, when the brackets are announced every year, ESPN always will publish this article where it's just like, all the number one seeds, the number two seeds, so on and so forth, down to the 16s, all in a row. There'll be like a little paragraph or two about each team. It'll be a description of how they did throughout the season, what their record was, what their seed is, which teams they beat, which teams they lost to, are they trending up, are they trending down, et cetera, et cetera. It was like a quick download of like right. all the info you need for all the teams in the tournament. And I was like, all right. I haven't watched hardly any college basketball all year, which is the same thing I do every fucking year. I tell myself it's, it's really I'm hard to watch, watch college basketball though. If it's yeah. not on ESPN, it's hard it's, to find. It's kind of hard to find. But every year I'm like, I'm gonna watch more games this year. I'm gonna be more prepared. I never fucking do it. So anyway, this is what I end up you doing. You can't every prepare year. for this shit. <laughs> every year I'm like, all right, I'll just do my download right before the draft. So anyway, I go in and I after reading that article. I just put teams under like or don't like just so I could tell myself during the draft like, okay, if it comes up, but if, if my options are between Texas and Gonzaga, if they're both available, which one do I choose? I can look and just go, oh, Texas was in my like column. Gonzaga was in my don't like column. Maybe I'll just go with Texas because of that. I don't need to know why I like them or didn't like them. I just know that when I read the article, I liked them or I didn't like yeah, them. Yeah, I like their logo, so let's <laughs> go with them instead. So, so we end up drafting, and obviously, like you know, the way the bracket's set up is there's the four regions. So you you want to try and avoid drafting a bunch of teams from the same region because right. if they keep they winning, they'll play each other and eliminate each other. So we end up going through, and we end, here were, here were the teams we ended up with. Is basically, I'll, I'll try and do it in order of seed too. So I think we had Kansas, Miami, Memphis, Pittsburgh, um, Boise State. Oral Roberts, UCSB, and Northern Kentucky. Ah, you by, guys by, by the time you get uh, by the time you get to the end, you're stuck with a, a 16 seed. So we had Northern Kentucky playing Houston, and it's like obviously they're going to lose. But Unless whoever fucking Farley ended Dickinson. up with Farley Dickinson, which I think was Sam and Jeff, of course, this year. They probably you all get, had Creighton. You, you you start off sick with two points of like something that's happened twice in the history right. of the tournament. It was the second time ever. You're like, nice. so anyway, this is just how it goes. Like I we we draft our teams. I'm like, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good about these selections. <laughs> Round one, UCSB loses, Memphis loses, Oral Roberts loses, Boise State loses, and Northern Kentucky loses. So out of eight teams, we're down to. Let's see, one, two, three left after round one. Yeah, at and least I was Miami like, went on a run. Miami's probably what saved you guys. Literally, they saved us. So Miami, being a five seed, their first game was against Drake. So it's a five versus 12. They only got one point for that win. But then you look at the rest of their matchups, they were just rattling off two-point wins the rest of the tournament. 
They play Indiana. Indiana was a four seed. It's a five over four. There's two points. <laughs> they play Houston. Houston was a one seed. They beat Houston. That's two points. They play Texas. Texas was a two seed. That's two points. And then if they would have beaten UConn, uh, that would have been another two another points. Two points. Um, so in, by the time they got to the Final Four, so we had a Final Four team, which was nice, and they were getting two-point wins the entire time. But they literally scored like seven out of the ten <laughs> points we scored throughout the whole tournament. But by the time that Miami got to the Final Four, um, it was already solidified that like the two teams that were ahead of us there was no way we could pass them, so we were there was no way we could finish better than third. Right. So it was like they lost, and I was like, whatever. We're in the money. We get our money back. It's no big deal. Like I'm happy with it. But it's just one of those things that's frustrating. Of like, I think Sam and Jeff had uh, FDU who got who got the upset over Purdue, and they had UConn. They probably also had like FAU. Just I think they probably did. Break. Yeah, I can't remember who else they had, but it was interesting. The two teams that were playing for Jeff's, you know, little March Madness pool. Sam and Jeff had UConn. This other team they were playing had San Diego State. So it all came down, so it to, all the came down to the national title game. And then by them winning, they just tied oh, so, uh, the so other team's points. So they were both at 19, and then it had to go to the tiebreaker. Right. Pretty fucking so crazy. So if you're a San Diego State person, you're like, well, the worst that happens, we go to a tiebreaker. And then you're <laughs> right. sitting there going, worst that happens, we lose the tiebreaker. Right, yeah. Because UConn, can we talk about UConn for a couple minutes too, by the way? Because their they didn't run. Lose a, they, they won every game by double digits. Yeah. Their run throughout this tournament was really impressive. And I'm not going to lie. Historic run. You and I p- picked them, obviously, in um, one of the brackets we filled out on the ESPN Tournament Challenge. But I certainly was not expecting what we saw out of them. And I had not seen UConn play not one time. So I had no idea that they were as good as they were. That team was super impressive. I got yeah. to watch the entire Final Four matchup against Miami where they just handled Miami. And then I watched the entire national title game where they just shut San Diego State down on Dude, defense. UConn's San Diego defense State was went like, really fucking stout. Well, and San Diego State went 8 for 8, right? And and I don't know if I've said this when we've been recording, but that national championship game was one of the most boring national championship games I've ever watched. UConn was in control from the very game. The, the women's game, I don't know if you watched the women's game. I did not see it. It was like a fucking 125 to like 110. <laughs> Dude, it was insane. It was a great fucking game. Like LSU, LSU, won, LSU, right? LSU yeah, beat Iowa. Beat Iowa. It was a fucking great game. Like it was I'm sitting there going like, you know what if the men's lives up to this type of hype, oh shit, we're in for a good And the women's one. was on Sunday, right? Yeah. Before the men's game. Yeah. Okay. But like the women's it was it was great. It was way more entertaining than the men's yeah, game. Yeah, I didn't get a and, chance to see it. But San Diego State, it, they were like eight for eight, and then all of a sudden they go twelve minutes oh, it was without brutal. a basket. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> So we all know me, I'm a gambler, right? All right. So I, I put a parlay out there, you know, it was like I had UConn winning. Then I had UConn winning by like one to ten points. I had UConn covering 69 and a half points. I had San Diego State covering 61 and a half points. I had um, the over on total points, and then I had the over on the first half points. Okay. Just a $5 bet, just a little bet. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit was going to pay, though. One, at the end of the first half, UConn misses two little layups. Mm-hmm. So I missed the uh, over on the first half by one fucking point. Oh, that's always fun. And then, um, you know, San Diego State just makes a basket in the 12-minute span. <laughs> I also hit that, and I hit the San Diego State over. 
And I'm like, San Diego State, your 12-minute absence from playing basketball <laughs> just shafted my Dude, bet. They could not hit the fucking ocean if they were sitting in a boat in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. Without land in sight, they would just drop the ball back in the boat and it's like, <laughs> how? And I couldn't tell if it was like, is San Diego State having a real off night shooting or is UConn's defense just this good? And I think it was a combination of both. I think it was UConn's defense forcing San Diego State into bad shots. Yeah, because I don't know if you noticed this, but San Diego State, especially in the first half, was really trying to score points down low, and UConn was not fucking having it. They were playing such great defense down low. And, like, I was like, San Diego State's going to have to develop an outside shot for this, like, some as part of their offense in this first half, or they're not going to fucking score. But they couldn't get an outside shot anyway. Everything was contested. U- UConn's big guys down low were just absolutely well, shut down, locked that, down defense. That's what I was going to say. It's very hard to find a, a college basketball team that has everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like Purdue, they had a, you, you know, I think he won the Wooden Award for the best yeah. player in the country. Guy's like seven foot nine Ivy, or whatever. Ivy, Zach know. something. Yeah, yeah. Zach Ivy or Evie or yeah. I don't know. We yeah. everyone knows who I'm talking about. They had him. Yeah, he was their star player. And he's just like everything centers around him, right? But it's like they didn't have anyone else around him. UConn right. had a fucking team. They had a complete team. <laughs> they had a five. They had a four. They mm-hmm. had a three. They had a two, and they had a fucking one. Yep. And they all played their positions perfect. They knew where each other were going. Their pick and rolls were crazy. Mm-hmm. Their shooting was were, was crazy. It was just like that was a perfect team yeah. as far as one the structure of it. You know, like at Thunder Ridge, we ran fifty cuts or mm-hmm. you know forty one cuts, right? Yep. And it's like they did that. They if you watch their offense, they did that. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like, but they ran everything perfectly. Yeah. And they just it, – it was crazy to watch because I sat there and I'm like, this is a dominant team. Dude, they, they, they were – They all bought into their system. It they was, all bought into what they needed to do, and now they're national champions. It was very fascinating to watch because it's, it's – the first team I can remember in a long time that won the whole thing that really felt like a, a complete team all around. Usually, like the national championship team, they're – Pretty well coached, but they got like one or two stars that kind of carried the team, right? And it's like, okay, they just got two of the best players in the country. They're just gonna they're right. just gonna steamroll everyone just because of that. But UConn, it was crazy watching them, and it's like, like you said, all around one through five, the positions on the court, they're just those guys were really good on the offensive end and very unselfish and shared the ball. And fucking lockdown defense. I yeah. have not seen defense like that from a team in a long time. If, I'm like, San Diego State is, like, not for lack of trying, was trying really hard to score points, and UConn couldn't. was just shutting everything well, down. And if you it go back nuts. and you watch it, because they played a lot of 2-3 zone, mm-hmm. which I wish the NBA would get rid of this defensive three seconds, because it would make the games a lot more interesting, in my opinion. Because Zones there, are there would so be, fucking hard to there attack. There would be defenses. Yeah. Um, That's been Jim Beheim's thing at Syracuse for fucking, right. like, 50 years. But if you watched it, you know, when I played basketball, I was never super tall, but I was physical enough that I could get people out of the way and box out down low. So I was usually always in the middle mm-hmm. or a wing down low. Bro, if that guy in the middle helped out, the wing on the far side was in the middle so fucking fast. Yeah. And again, a physical presence down there. Yeah. Not an easy person. He was getting box outs. Mm-hmm. And then they were all just crashing the glass. I'm like, 
everybody bought in to what they needed to do to win and their national championship. There was a I don't know all the guys' names, but there was the basically the big guy. He was either the four or the five for San Diego State. He's the guy that was like trying to just score points down low and work the post, and it was just not working all game. But there was a couple times where he would like he'd get the ball in the post and he'd be trying to back down the Yukon defender. And that fucking Yukon defender was not going anywhere. Like he literally did not give up one inch of ground. And he would like he'd be dribbling, like throwing his back into the guy, and he's just not moving. And then he'd try and like do he'd pick up his dribble and then he's just kind of stuck and he'd have to right. do some sort of a fadeaway or like a hook and it wasn't even close or it'd get blocked or something. It's just like that defense for Yukon was so crazy. And disciplined that, too. And so disciplined that San Diego State that's why I couldn't figure out. I was like God, even the shots that San Diego State puts up, they're not hitting. So I don't know if it's like, are they having an off night? Or is UConn's defense just this lockdown that they're just – anything San Diego State throws at them, they're just shutting down. And it's they, they can't do anything about it. I honestly felt like, you know, San Diego State made an awesome tournament run. We kind of went through some of the wins they had over Heavily Bama outmatched. and Creighton. Very outmatched in the national title game. Although I think they were it the was, first – First uh, Mountain West team to make like the Final Four or something. Yeah, so, huge like, accomplishment. Yeah, that's I was I was happy for him, and it's kind of fun rooting for one of those conferences that usually is not represented in, right. the, in the tournament. But yeah, I mean, it was if you watched that game, it was readily apparent from the get go. Like, oh, UConn's like a way better team. Yeah, like you like <laughs> UConn is the team. They're the team, and like you said, they won every single game they played in the tournament by ten points or more. I mean, listen to this run they go on. So UConn. In the first round, they play Iona. They win. That, that's a four over thirteen. So you're, you're expecting that one. Yeah, I'll, then give, they I'll beat, give you the scores real quick. Yeah, yeah. Rattle off. They the beat scores. Iona eighty-seven sixty-three. Okay, and then they play St. Mary's in the second round, who's a five seed. And they beat them seventy to fifty-five. So not even close. Play Arkansas, who had just knocked off Kansas in the second round, and they beat them eighty-eight to sixty-five. Jesus. Then they play Gonzaga and beat the brakes off Gonzaga. <laughs> eighty-two to fifty-four. God. <laughs> And then they play Miami in the final four. 72 to 59. Yep, so not not really close. And then they beat what was the final for the national title? 76 59. 76 59. Their final four game, 13 over Miami, was that was their closest closest game was the final four game. Was a 13 point win. It was a 13 point win. Wow. In they were up by like 26 or something. Miami went on a run to make it like nine, and then UConn's like, all right. Let's, Dude, let's play again. That, that's another thing. So the two games that I watched the most of late in the tournament was Miami UConn and then the national title game. So the Miami UConn game, and it, it was kind of a shame I didn't get to see Miami Texas in the Elite Eight because what I heard was Texas had a pretty sizable lead on Miami Dude. with like ten minutes to go, and Miami mounted a pretty incredible comeback to come back and win that game. So I'm watching the Final Four game. They're playing UConn, and I'm thinking, okay. UConn's got a pretty commanding lead in this game. They've been in the lead all game. They've been in complete control of it, but there's still 10 minutes to go. Miami came back from behind and beat Texas. Maybe they can pull it off again. And Miami would go on these little runs where it'd be like a spurt of like, oh, they'd get a steal. They'd go down the other end, convert it. They'd get another turnover, score that one. And I'm like, all right, here we go. They're chipping into this lead. You know, it was 12 points a couple minutes ago. Now we're down to like eight. And then you know, UConn would just be like, oh, no, that's not happening. And then just extend their lead back to like 15 or something and just shut down the the comeback attempt. It was like, I don't know, man. I was watching that Final Four game going, UConn is just commanding. They like those, Miami just could not crack that like 12-point 
you know, difference between the lead of what UConn had on them pretty much all game. So I think Texas's biggest lead over Miami was like 12 or 13 at one point, and mm-hmm. yeah, Miami just storms back and yeah. was like, nope. Crazy. And Texas was a damn good team. Remember we were recording the first podcast going into the tournament, and I was like, I watched Texas play in their conference title game, and they looked really fucking good. Dude, it's just – that's why March Madness is so much fun. It's so frustrating, but it's, like, frustrating in a good way. I go in, and I'm like, this is the year. This is the year I put together a, yeah. a hell of a bracket. And yeah. then, like, day one happens, and I'm like, all right, I went 8-8. Eight and eight. Next year will be the year I put together a hell of a bracket. Let's just get some good games in tomorrow. Like, Well, that's why, uh, you know, I, I was kind of – a few minutes ago, I was running through the way Jeff has his tournament set up, and I'm like, that's why I like doing his the most because, like – it's kind of you kind of end up hedging your bets you're like i got money on teams but it's eight different teams of different seeds in different regions of the tournament chances are you know hopefully if i made good picks at least one of these teams is going to go on a little run which thankfully this year miami went on a run got us a bunch of points and we finished in the money but it's always so depressing to have like eight teams and then after the round one you're down to one team and then that team gets bounced in the second round you're like god we suck this is terrible you're welcome for the donation assholes (laughs) Well, so my mom's work, old work, she's retired now, you know, bless her soul. Um, They, they had, someone there used to run a bracket and it was like Mm -hmm. a big bracket. Like he sent it out to all the employees and everybody. So there was like a big bracket and I was, you know, a younger kid. I didn't know shit. Like I know way more now about everything, right? I didn't know shit back then, but I'm pretty sure I won three years in a row on the bracket. Jesus. And I picked the winner all three years. And is this like you're filling out a physical bracket and just handing it to him? Or no, what? it was like through CBS Sports. Oh, okay, okay. So you, it was the same thing as like ESPN, right? It you would track click. track yeah. all of it. Okay. And it was it's much easier that way because then it's like the computer's like your bracket sucks. You're eliminated. Right. Yeah, this person's yeah. doing really good though. And then he did a thing where it was a pick four that you had to fill out in hand, and he put it all into a spreadsheet and kept track of, kind of like the system that you guys did. Okay. But it's not – there could have been multiple people that picked the same four teams. So the, how does the pick four work? So you, how did that So like how'd that go? The, so I won it one of the years I won the bracket. Okay. So you pick four teams, and it's the same thing. You get points when they win. Oh, I see. Right? Just any four teams? A- any four okay. teams, you get points when they win. Okay. So a lot of people – and then he would send out the spreadsheet just so everyone was on the same page and no one could come back and be like, no, 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 yeah. that's not who I picked. This is who I picked. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know. Like, here's your teams. I'm going to keep track of it. Yeah. So, one year, mm. I picked Michigan State, Duke, and probably Kansas, and one other team. And, like, two of them were, like, three or four seeds, and I think the other two were one seeds. And I think that was, like, the final four. It was that year. Damn. And, you know, he go- my mom goes to work and comes back, and the-, the final four hadn't even been done yet, and she's got, like, a thick-ass envelope. And I'm like... What's that? And she goes, this is your winnings from March Madness. And I was like, what? And I'm like, it's not even over. And she's like, no one else is still alive. You literally <laughs> smoked everybody. Like, I'm pretty sure in the pick four, I won by like 80 points one year. Jesus. And then in the brackets, I was like top three always, but I won three years in a row. So how many people would, would uh, compete in that? And what was the buy-in and stuff? Uh, one year, I think it was like 47 people or something wow. or like there was like 40, it was per bracket. Right. So yeah. I think it might've been five or 10 bucks per bracket. Oh, so you can submit more than one. Yeah. Okay. You, okay. I think there was like a limit to five, but okay. at the end of the day I'm going, yeah, but if you're going to charge 10 bucks per bracket and someone wants to fill in 10, 
let them throw in a hundred because right. everyone else yeah. is going to sit there and be like, well, they've risked a hundred dollars yeah. to be in the bottom. Whereas every everyone time. else is Whereas, like, I risk, I'm risking ten. Right. Yeah. Like if if I only want to fill in one bracket, I'm going to risk the same amount of money as anyone else's for their one bracket. Mm-hmm. Like. If they get one, two, and three, good for them. They're getting more of their money back than anyone else's money. Yeah. So I can't remember like all the buy-in stuff, but I won like 600, 700 bucks one year. That's sick. On these bracket pools, and I'm like, I'm the fucking best. And then <laughs> since then, I ain't won shit. Well, this uh, the tournament that Jeff does each year is the only real sports betting I do. I'm not a DraftKings guy. I don't bet on football games. I don't bet on any of that kind of stuff. I never bet people like straight up on games either. I I haven't done that since I was like middle school. It's just way too unpredictable. Oh yeah, dude, I got twenty five USC runs Texas out of the fucking yep, Rose yep. Bowl. And it's like, exactly. oh yeah, fucking. Those, those conversations it. were happening in the middle school hallways at Ranchview. And then you're like, I never bet you, and everyone's like, yeah. Hey, and you're like, no, dude, I never bet you. And yeah, you like cower away, and everyone's like, whatever. The next like, day is like, dude, we all fucking heard you talking shit last night. Did yeah. you ever? Speaking of that, real quick, a little off topic. Did you ever flip dollars in high school? Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> everyone did. That <laughs> was that was. Like a fucking <laughs> pandemic in our or an Did epidemic you ever play dice? School. Yep. Dude, I'm going to incriminate someone. Probably doesn't listen to this, but Ryan Walker and I were playing fucking... Did you ever have Ms. Lindsley? No. Best teacher at Thunder Ridge. Greatest teacher I've ever had. Okay. Old, sweet soul, just amazing teach? person. English. Okay. So we sat in the very back... We put our backpacks in the middle of like the aisles, like a wall, and we both had our Just own set of dice. Class with <laughs> dice. We, we had like we put our money. So you've been an backpacks. addict forever. This goes back a long. Oh, way. this yeah, dude. I Brad, I fucking was flipping him twenty dollars bills in the bathroom at basketball games. Yeah, no, that shit was too steep we, for me. We, I, would, I would flip dollar bills. We would turn around at basketball games. And flip them on like the in the bleachers and uh-huh. just scoop money up. <laughs> like, dude, I was I was playing poker with people, like Addict. actual poker. Addict. But, but we were playing in the back, <laughs> we were playing in the back of the class, bro. We each had our own set of dice. You know, you'd look and then you'd you'd roll it. And um <laughs> it was like four, five, six was automatic win, one, two, three, automatic lose, even though I'm sitting there going, one, two, like that's hard to get one, two, three. That shouldn't yeah. be an automatic lose. It should be like a you know, a small straight. And I had a four, five, six, and we were playing for like twenty five bucks each. And I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And she, Miss Lindsay, goes, "What?" And I was like, "Nothing." Just really excited about To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> yeah, I was like, she looked at me and she's like, "Uh huh." And then she saw our backpacks, and we were both kind of sitting up all weird. She goes, "Stay after class." And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like, come on, man. You've been an addict forever. Yeah. What was that dice game called? CeeLo? CeeLo. Yeah. I forget how CeeLo even Dude, worked. You got three dice. You rolled. I think you had three rolls, and then it was your best roll. So if you got a four, five, six, you're like, all right, you you got to hit a four, five, six for us to tie. Yeah. If you got three sixes, obviously, I think that was the best. Second one to four, five, six. But okay. one, two, three was like an automatic loss. Yeah. Three, fl- three of a kind is huge. I don't think I played much CeeLo compared to flipping. I was always flipping people. Dude, the flipping. So This is so fun. Have you ever gotten like a little booklet of – um? fresh cut bills Mm -hmm. where they're all like you can like flip through them and then you like peel them off yeah so that's what i would use to flip so my (laughs) people would pull out like these raggedy dollar bills and they'd be like fluttering and i'm like it's like do you remember the uh the flips where like you know you'd both go and you'd have to like do a redo because someone didn't flip the right amount of times or whatever you gotta go three times yeah it had to like like, like, rotate no no no, that only went twice redo redo (laughs) dude that's why i would just like torque it i was like and i'm like 
Oh, I lost again. Oh, fun times. You want to flip some before I leave tonight? I got some cash <laughs> in my wallet. My cash is the flimsy shit that's probably not going to oh, flip. Oh, shit. All right. I also have like one $1 bill. Well, I can take it from you if you want. Bro, I'll take it. For, <laughs> let's see. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go after we uh, after we. You want to flip credit there. cards? No. It's fucking pussy. <laughs> All right, are we uh, are we done with the March Madness? Yeah, I don't really have much else to say besides congratulations, UConn. Um, yeah. Hopefully, we can get more people in next year. You know, hopefully, this podcast can grow. Maybe we'll get millions of people listening. We'll become rich. I will say we'll again, a couple of little plugs to our our fans out there. Um, my uncle Chris, shout out to Uncle Chris. He's still commenting on a lot of the episodes. Still shit-talking mad about the Cowboys. I think that's been like an ongoing shit-talking conversation podcast. Let me know when the Cowboys are relevant, though. Last like eight episodes. (laughs) Um, And then uh, I wanted to say, too, shout-out to our guy, uh, Tyler Sino, who texted me the other day about the Last of Us episode we did and was talking about – you may have actually heard of this. I told him I was going to look it up. I haven't done it yet. But there's something called chronic wasting disease Mm -hmm. with like in deer, deer, right? Yeah, it's in – so – I actually have a uh, European mount above my walkway outside from um, a deer I got, and we had to get it. I had to get it tested for chronic wasting. Disease. So what is that? So you, you have you heard of mad cow disease? Yeah, it's the same thing, pretty Just much. That for deer? Yeah, it's. Mm. But I think elk can get it too. Mm. But again, they've there's never been like a human case of it. Yeah, but they're like just. Be cautious of it. Like, right, right, right. My deer came up clean, but it was one of those. Because basically, to my dad. you want to get that test because you don't want to be eating meat of something that right. was that, infected with that. Right. right? But right. it's like one of those things, Which like they sense. said, they don't know if it could come over to humans. There's never been a case. But and they're you, like, don't you've try. Gotta, <laughs> you've got to think, though, that people have had deer with yeah. chronic wasting, just like people have had cow and beef with yeah. uh, mad cow disease. But yeah, it's more of like a, I don't know. So, so one of the people that gets zombifies animals, I'm like, nah, let's take a chill pill on there. It's not, it'll kill them over time. Um, but yeah, they just don't know yet. They're like, they're like, you're probably safe to eat it. But like, yeah, yeah. if you get it, like we probably told you not to eat it just yeah. so we're safe. So is that one of those things? And I, I guess I should have looked the, all this shit up before we start talking about it. But is that one of those things that you can, if you cook the meat well enough, you cook it out of there or does that not work? I don't like think that? that matters. Oh, okay. So you're kind of fucked either Because you probably have to burn the meat, and at that point, you're like, well, what's the point in cooking this? Like, I right. can't eat it the way I want it to right, right. to be cooked. Interesting. So. Anyway, shout out to those two fans. for uh, We appreciate you guys listening. We would love to hear feedback from yeah, anyone else out, out there who's listening, by the shout way. Shout out we to have the Cowboys. The, we, have the, we have the email address. You can find all the info either on the Podbean page or our Facebook page under Just Browsing. Um, so yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys, um, thoughts, comments on any of the previous episodes, things you guys want to hear on here. Um, yeah. So I, I think we had, we had ideas running all the way up to this episode and I think we're going to have to put our minds together and come up with one, what we want to do next week. But we're at, this is our 96th episode, which is pretty crazy. We're, we're creeping up on a hundred. So I think our hundredth one's going to be pretty fun. I think we're going to I want to do something fun for a hundred. I think we'll do something pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. But um. So anyway, yeah, we'll think of something. Um, shorter episode for us, but that's always a good thing too. Yeah. But we'll think of something, and we'll either be back next week or the week after with. Uh, yeah, I would say we could do an NFL draft one, but that's just so hard to follow two hundred fifty six people. Yeah, that wouldn't be fun. And the Broncos don't have a draft pick for like seven years, so. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, we'll 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 figure something out. But anyway, um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Congrats to the UConn Huskies for winning March Madness. 
another year has gone with uh, March Madness was has, is here and passed. So now we got to start. It's on the hockey season, baby. I was going to say the NBA, playoffs, NBA playoffs coming up here soon and then the NBA championship. No and one then, cares about NBA. And then when that's over, it's just nothing but baseball until football oh, season. So. Geez. <laughs> It'll be a drought of sport podcasts. <laughs> I don't know, though. We've rattled off quite a few sports podcasts here recently, and we're – not really in season of much other than we've been talking about college basketball. So anyway, we'll um, figure it out. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate all the support. Um, Yeah. Go check us out on all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, all that good jazz comment on Podbean. send us an email. Um, Yeah. And then we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. See ya.